You're now listening to The Sound of Sanity. This sound will continue for the duration of the program. Hey everybody, welcome to Sound of Sanity. My name is Nathan. I am your humble and obedient host. That's Ben right there. Hello. Associate producer, rock on tour. Yeah. Monster fighter. Heavy on the rock on. Yeah. (laughs) Rock on tour. Heavy on the rock on. Sometimes I go on tour. Yeah, yeah, no. <laughs> That's right. You're not light on the tour either. <laughs> no, not. Yep. Well, Ben, as part of your rock on tour, hmm. why don't you introduce the other guy? The other guy. Yeah. The, man, the myth, the legend, yeah. Jake Mental, pastor. Master of sanity. He brings the sand. Hi, Jake. To sanity. How you doing today? I feel hey, a little, little weirded out by your <laughs> creepy voices. Uh, well, folks, say, it's pretty creepy. We just watched the Cruella trailer. We're all, I think we're all feeling a little creepy. Yeah, we're feeling a little creepy because <laughs> it's good to be bad, though. Her name's Cruella. I'm not going to waste another thought on that. It broke our brains, though. So <laughs> that explains this intro. Speaking of things that break our brains, though, we're doing it again, folks. Hashtag our, one of our favorite segments here on Sound of Sanity. Haven't been able to do it for a while. And he's kind of had a new shtick for a while because he wrote a book called The Wisdom Pyramid that he's been trying to oh. sell for the last half a year, I think through a good chunk of COVID at least, maybe even before COVID. I don't know. I don't track this man's career closely. But we like to check in with our friend, Gospel Coalition writer, I believe ruling elder of some church somewhere, used to be a pastor. Doesn't really matter for our purposes. His name is Brett McCracken. He's a fellow that writes for the Gospel Coalition. We have a segment, a reoccurring thing that we do on the show. It's called hashtag release the McCracken. (laughs) Maybe we could call it hashtag crack in the wall. <laughs> <laughs> Hashtag rock on tour. That. What can I say? So our usual beef with McCracken articles is that he is and was the Gospel Coalition's pop culture guy. He talks. He he'll talk about movie. He'll review movies. He'll release his favorite albums of the year. Yeah, he's their pop culture guy, and pop culture has been our shtick. And right. so. He just sort of is one of the few people speaking to the masses in the same space we are and usually doing it in a pretty gross, terrible way that needs to be dealt with. Yeah, he will, for example, just, just to prove that Jake's not speaking out of turn or being overly aggressive or anything, he will talk about the Christ-like analogies in a Quentin Tarantino film, which on its face is wicked, just bad. And the, the the redemptive themes of Tarantino films is not something that Christians should really be trying to explore. Yeah. I mean, his, his basic insight is that life reflects the gospel and the story of redemption. And so, therefore, I can find echoes of the story of the gospel in Quentin Tarantino films. Quentin Tarantino at his most nihilistic and disgusting. Right. Ergo, Quentin Tarantino has some redeeming value. This is a bad, this is a bad. Bad take. Bad take. Bad take. I, I'd, I'd, I'd much Actively rather destructive. I'd, I'd much rather just say have someone say, "Ah, I like violence and revenge and and witty pop culture dissections like Quentin Tarantino does." Yeah, and, say that. Be honest about it instead of trying to baptize it in yeah. a way that makes it Christian. That's that's also a bad take, by the way. But I think a much better take than a more honest one. Yeah, at least let's, that, let's be real. The only that. reason you go to such great lengths to jump through so many hoops to provide a moral justification for enjoying for enjoying Quentin Tarantino flicks is you just like that kind of violence and nihilism. Right. 
And so be honest with yourself about it and be honest with other people about it. There's no gospel Christ honoring reason to love a Tarantino bloodbath. So that's our, that's our history with Brett McCracken. We've picked on the guy a lot. But today, we are actually just going to go after one line in an article you can find on the Gospel Coalition, published February 16th, 2021, Don't Fell Every Open Moment with Content. And so, Brett McCracken kind of has two things that he does. He'll do his movie reviews and things like that, which we actively stand against. They're very bad. But then he'll also have these little takes about we should appreciate the finer things and we should make space in our lives for stuff and things. Someone more charitable than me could make it sound better. The, these articles, uh, my point is, they're kind of just fine. They're kind of good. They're, they're kind of good. For the most part, they're just, hey, I'm the pop culture guy and I feel an obligation since you guys pay attention to everything I say about pop culture to say, hey, pop culture isn't everything and there's more to life than pop culture. And if you don't have space in your life to appreciate nature and be devoted to scripture and loving your family and that sort of thing, then you're doing it wrong. Yeah. Even there, he's weird because he wants to almost deify nature. He loves Terrence Malick. That's his favorite filmmaker. And Terrence Malick really finds the divine in these images of- Oh, Terrence Malick's filmmaking still is divine, if I recall, practically. Yes. He uses a Christ-like gaze in his- cinema yeah you can find that episode yeah you can find that we dealt with that the christ-like gaze of terrence malick he also did one about how uh, the joyful longing of carpool karaoke (laughs) yeah (laughs) probably his his masterpiece (laughs) his disaster piece whatever his the what do you what do you say apotheosis the the, the apotheosis of (laughs) of brett mccracken's (laughs) terrible take on pop culture was the joyful longing of Carful karaoke. Anyway, you can go listen to all those episodes. But this this article falls in the kind of hashtag just fine category. Basically, he says we should make space in our lives to think. When I'm waiting in line to order my drink at a coffee shop, I'm quoting now, my automatic instinct is to grab for my phone, not to do anything necessary, of course, just to scroll aimlessly for the minute or two before it's my turn to order, unquote. And then he'll go on and say what you'd expect, which is we should provide some quiet places in our lives, in our lives. for reflection and meditation and actual thoughtful engaging with the world around us instead of just sort of passively being consumed with content at every turn. Right. Mm-hmm. And he'll quote, the, be still and know that I am God and maybe a couple other scriptural references and basically just say we should have some moments of quiet in our life and okay, fine. I mean, I think we could even go after that because it's part of a larger gospel coalition anemic an anemicness, anemiosity. Animicity. Animicity. Animosity. Yeah. (laughs) Animosity towards doing anything that would surprise or convict or actually be all that helpful for anyone. But in and of itself, in the proper context, which it's not in, but if it was, this article is just fine. Our goal is not to tear the article apart. Our goal is, though, to go after exactly one sentence in the article. And I will now read that sentence. Quote, here's one small thing we can all do to become a bit more wise then. Carve out some space, any space, to be silent, still, and unmediated, rather than letting every inch of your attention be colonized by content. Unquote. Jake dropped that in our Slack yesterday. Me and Ben were like, what's the problem? It seems seems pretty... What's what's, what's wrong, colonizer? Yeah, what's... (laughs) (laughs) 
think that's what we said. <laughs> yeah, that's what we said. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. What's wrong is that word colonize. To use that word is to be signaling things. That is, that is, the, that is the contention that we are going to make in this episode. So the definition of the word is verb of a country or its citizens send a group of settlers to a place and establish political control over it. Or second definition, come to settle among and establish political control over the indigenous people of an area. If we were just sticking with that denotation, then I guess whatever. But we're talking about the connotation of the word. And the connotation of the word is the larger cultural backdrop of critical race theory and intersectionality and the use of that word to signal the oppression of minorities and black people. And so to use that word in that way is to reinforce a woke ideology. It's to virtue signal to a woke ideology. And it doesn't really matter if McCracken's doing it on purpose or not. It doesn't matter if he's naive about it. If he's naive about it, he soaked it in. Mm-hmm. And he's being careless and unintentional in his language and unthinking. That's the best is, thing which, you could put on it. Which is mm-hmm. what he's actually challenging you to do in the article, right? He's challenging you to actually think about life and things and not just be a passive partaker of culture and of content. Well, here he's at best mm-hmm. passively, naively spitting out cultural wokeness or he's being very intentional and doing a weird, gross kind of virtue signaling that, that carries with it all kinds of assumptions. And they're not assumptions that we should be normalizing in how we speak and how we think as Christians. Mm-hmm. Well, and I just want to make it uh, clear up top. For our purposes, I don't think it really matters what Brett McCracken's intention is. When you're in a position of leadership, when you have a forum, when you have a megaphone, the Gospel Coalition, and people trust you, you have a responsibility to get things like this right, and you're culpable if you don't. So if he's just being stupid and passive, that's just as bad as right. if he's being actively malicious. Right. It, it really, I, I really don't think it matters that much. Well, one of our larger critiques of the Gospel Coalition overall is that it's always making friends with the world and the way it talks about things and approaches things and giving over the battle. Yeah. So part and parcel of what they're doing. Yeah, and it, again part of the difficulty always in dealing with the gospel coalition is they do a lot of good things mm-hmm. and are a large help to a lot of people. But that very fact makes them dangerous when they do stuff like this. Yeah. If they were just lame and woke and bad and we all knew that, then we wouldn't be bothering doing these episodes because nobody in our circles would actually care or be tempted to listen. But in, a, in an article where Brett McCracken's actually saying something pretty helpful. And, and then he laces a little bit of poison in. Yeah, that's that's bad. That's bad. If it's just poison with a big rat skull on the front, then nobody wants to drink it. But nobody's going to think twice about drinking this, and they're going to get some poison. So yeah, bad job, Brett McCracken. So bad. Who to you? You should release the McCracken from his contract, the Gospel Coalition. <laughs> I guess that's what our hashtag release the McCracken means. <laughs> cancel Brett McCracken. <laughs> <laughs> no, we don't want to cancel Brett McCracken. No, we want to improve. Nothing would make me happier than if Brett McCracken ever responded to one of these. Because we've done several and we don't usually tag him or anything on social media, but I think we have a couple times. And I don't know, I would be aware if people made a regular shtick out of coming at me, coming at me, <laughs> even if I thought it wasn't worth responding to. Probably the best response, strategically speaking, is no response. Why would Brett McCracken draw attention to us? But that would be fun if Brett McCracken decided to 
bring the McCracken, release, release his own McCracken <laughs> against us. Anyway, folks, uh, thanks for listening. And oh, my stars, the DAA. What is this sound that rings in my ears? Well, it's a sound that means one of us is going to turn traitor maybe or you don't have to put it that way we're just going to argue for the opposite of what we just said the opposite of what we just said so That's the DAA right. stands for the devil's advocate alarm you just heard it folks that means somebody needs to argue for the opposite of what we just said like ben just said yeah yeah and i think it's probably me because i feel like my instinct is uh speaking half sincerely and half in my role as devil's advocate listener but half sincerely but half sincerely at least before we had an off-mic conversation about this, I, colonized is valid metaphor. It just means something's aggressively, parasitically taking over. So every inch of your attention is being aggressively, parasitically taken over by content. And everyone understands that that's what Brett McCracken means. And uh, do and I? That's exactly that's exactly why that's wrong. Because well, but to Jake, flatten everything into this black and white, all bad, all good. Yeah, but Jake, but Jake, but Jake. Before I even let you go, I have to say that everyone knows the colonizers did bad things. True. Everyone, everyone knows that, and we can, speaking can we, as Americans, are we allowed to acknowledge that they did lots of good things? Well, let's talk about the. I'm gonna, well, I'm gonna support Ben here a little bit. Let's talk about the Trail of Tears. Let's read the diaries kept by Columbus's men, one of whom gleefully describes raping a native woman and how he got her to comply with him. It's right there. You don't have you don't have to find a little snippet that Twitter took out of context. It's it's real. I've read it. Yep, agree. Let's read the true story of Custer and what some of those expansionist jerks did to the native peoples as we swept across the West, the women and children that were murdered, the I mean, let's talk about the malaria-ridden blankets. Let's, yeah. you know. I mean, at the end of the day, I feel bad. I feel bad about being associated with colonizers. And that means that his metaphor feels legitimate. And let me deflect ahead of time something that you might say, Jake, which is, I mean, were there heroes on both sides? Was there bad people on both sides? Sure. Was it a little bit more complicated? Sure. But the fact is, everybody has negative associations with colonization, for a reason the way that britain treated india the way that britain treated hong kong the way that these different things played out were not great you don't have to be a liberal progressive to admit that and, true and to ask the question what gave the, what gave them the right to come and take over native american land for instance and so when brett mccracken plays on this trope okay i don't like the movie pocahontas any more than any other conservative but there's a reason it's a trope True. Jake looks ready to respond. No, I mean, the point is, I'm not allowed to respond, right? I'm not allowed to acknowledge the bad and talk about the good, because every time I try to talk about the good, you're going to rub the bad in my face, which is what just happened, Mm -hmm. right? And so my choices that you're forcing me into is all good or all bad. I have to either argue that malaria blankets are good, that rape is good, that pillaging is good for the greater good. I can't just say that's bad, but also, you know what? These places, these cultures were also bad. And there were good things that happened and there were positive things. that I, We can't have a conversation that deals with grays, that deals with in-betweens, that deals with any, any realities more complicated than 
white colonizer equals bad. And so you're saying that Brett McCracken, just by using the metaphor, is tapping into that false... Yeah. To, so to step out of devil's advocate rule, you're saying Brett McCracken is tapping into that false dichotomy yeah. and, and accepting it and teaching you to accept it too. Right. And that's, that's bad. It's wrongheaded and unhelpful at best and evil at worst. Because if you want to acknowledge the atrocities committed by Columbus and his men, by Custer, mm-hmm. by any number of other people... You have to then turn around and acknowledge the atrocities of Native American culture, of Indian culture, of African culture. And you have to accept that we we live in a world of sinners. Yeah. And there are always people taking advantage of every possible situation for their own gain and to the harm of other people. To, to, to say that is just to say that people are people, okay? But the reality is... If you can acknowledge individual evils on both sides, you should be able to acknowledge net goods. Net goods. And net evils. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Right. And the fact is, if you look at the colonizing world, if you broke the world down into percentage of population that is Protestant, Roman Catholic, and Muslim or pagan, you have basically divided the world into three categories. First world, second world, third world. The first world is Protestant. The second world is Roman Catholic. And the third world is Arab, Muslim, and pagan. And the fact is, wherever Protestantism has been, it has been associated with missionary movements that have also been associated with colonialization and imperialism. There have been real wicked things that have happened and that have been perpetrated and perpetrated in the name of Christ. And yet at the same time, real overall positive net goods have happened as well across the board. And it's just a much more complicated conversation than saying missionary movements, colonialization, and and imperialism, bad. Mm -hmm. Because you have to reckon with the reality of the the world in which these people went into. And nobody wants to do that. Everybody wants to have the idea of the uh, noble savage. Everybody wants to have the idea of of these pristine cultures. But African slavery was horrendous. African slavery in Africa was horrendous. Mm -hmm. Right. Native American culture was horrendous. You can tell the stories of Columbus's men raping people. Let's talk about what happened in those Native American tribes on their own. Mm -hmm. Let's talk about what happened in those Native American tribes when they got their hands on a white woman. Let's talk about the Indian caste system. Before the British Raj and all Widow them. burning. Like all of that. William Carey. Yeah. It's barbaric. It's just absolute bar- barbarism. It's mm-hmm. horrendous. And, right. and what you get is, yes, opportunistic evil people taking advantage of people in these cultures. But you also have, in the wake of those things and in the wake of that chaos, some order, some rule of law implemented that results in and has resulted in in net goods for everybody. Right. And to pretend like uh it's mm-hmm. all evil, yeah, is to be uh regressive in your thinking. Well, and pretty much across the board, the people that made it there first, I'm generalizing here, but it was the missionaries. It was the missionaries. And they brought souls to Christ. I mean, if you count that as yeah. if you if you actually take the real big picture and you look at people's souls and you think about heaven and you think about hell and you mm-hmm. believe that those are actual places where people go for eternity then the first thing the biggest part of the white man's burden 
was let's save these people's souls from hell. And were there people that took advantage of that was the rubber trade in the Congo horrible was Joseph Conrad onto something in Heart of Darkness? Yes. Absolutely. And yeah. for all of those reasons, those cultures have not been allowed to advance and have been held down in in different places too because of people found ways to maintain that level of of oppression. Mm-hmm. But the fact remains that still quality quality of life has improved for everybody across mm-hmm. the board. Mm-hmm. And quality of life improves more dramatically the closer you are to, to Christ. Mm-hmm. That's right. And, and, and that is something we need to be able to actually say and talk about without being accused or playing into or being told that we're just white supremacists, that we're racist, right. that we're colonizers, right? To use that language, colonizer, is to... It reminds me of when the Gospel Coalition was writing its articles against reparative therapy, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. Inciting with the, the bans in Cincinnati against reparative therapy. Well, re- reparative therapy is not the gospel. Right. But that's not what they're attacking. They're attacking anybody who would say, hey, you have same-sex temptations. You can change and you need help. Mm-hmm. To, to use this kind of language that allows you to lump anybody that would go into a, a culture and try to improve it as a colonizer who's an invasive species is evil. And it... it, it, mm-hmm. it, it it conditions you to to hate missionaries and yeah. uh, a missionary yeah, yeah. impulse, or even a, right. a culturally improving impulse. Well, it, it also in and of itself. It also, I I was being honest when I said earlier, kind of as the devil that I had this feeling. Mm-hmm. That word's okay, and I feel bad, and that's because even though we've talked about some of this stuff on Mike before, and I know this stuff, I can lose the framework in kind of the storm of rhetoric. If you like, spend enough time on Twitter. Just the way everyone talks, what everyone assumes is not is not what biblical Christianity. Well, and teaches. I think I think your brain might be smarter than Dances with Wolves. Your brain might be smarter than Pocahontas, the Disney movie. Uh-huh. Your brain might be smarter than the Avatar narrative. Right. But your heart isn't. I mean, I don't think no. we can discount how much we've all been brainwashed. And we might kind of know. Okay, Pocahontas is silly. You can do the research for yourself, and you can kind of know it. But let's not pretend like we're all better than the air that we breathe that we're all just able to stand outside of all the conditioning and all the brainwashing and just be free of it ben's describing a way in which he just brings those associations and his his i I ought to know better yeah 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 and you do but the automatic filter that your brain produces the the chemicals the the little the synapses that fire aren't the ones that say oh yeah colonialism that whole concept is crap they're the ones that say, oh, guilt, bad, mm-hmm. oh, no, mm-hmm. white men, oh, no. Yeah. Well, our job is to bring the kingdom of God to the world. Yeah. Right? Our job is to exercise Christ's dominion over everything. And everything in our world is geared towards making us think that's bad. Right? Oh, no. You're exercising dominion over creation? No, the wilderness is great. No, in scripture, wilderness is bad. <laughs> right? Wilderness is to be made into gardens. That's man's imperative given from Genesis chapter 1. Our job is to tame the wilderness, to take chaos and move it to order everywhere, across the board. And that's true on on the level of nature, and it's true on the level of society, Mm -hmm. right? And so Mm -hmm. our job is to bring order from chaos culturally across the board and to see cultures redeemed by... God's word 
and transformed by God's word. And that means the idols must burn. That means the rule of law must be implemented. It means all kinds of things that look like and will look like to people just cultural conformity to Western civilization. And it it doesn't have to look exactly like Western civilization, but the principles that undergird Western civilization exist because of a a culture transformed by people who have been transformed by the gospel of the kingdom. And that has to persist across the board in every place the, the gospel touches. That's the mission. That's the goal. That's the aim. It's a world transformed, a people transformed, a new humanity. And we can argue about what degree we can expect or hope for the success of that. Mm-hmm. We can have arguments about eschatology and post-millennialism and amillennialism, and it just doesn't matter. And we can argue about history and whether yeah. this was good there and that was bad But we can't there. stand over history. We're automatically better than all of our ancestors who were part of Imperial Britain or something. Yeah. Which it, we do. Which it's like an automatic. That well, again I mean, is we're tearing of down of statues of George Washington because he owned slaves. George Washington wanted to end slavery. It was more complicated. He thought about things like what would happen if we just let all these uneducated people suddenly be citizens. He was well, it, as he was really thinking about it. I, I mean, in, in line with everything Jake's pointing out about the spread of the gospel and what that brings with it. Uh, I've been listening to Thomas Sowell lately, and Thomas Sowell is hopefully not really news to anyone listening, but... I haven't listened to much of him, read much of him, but Thomas Sowell is like, no, actually, the real question is, what made people start thinking slavery was bad? Everyone assumed it was fine until Western civilization. Like, every well, culture had is, slaves. Right, right. And it took a while, but Christianity worked through society in such a way as to end slavery in the Western world. Yeah, and it's the only place where it's ended. That's and right. the fact is, And the fact is, uh, slavery persists all over the world, and everywhere paganism tries to intrude you find slavery reintroduced in crafty, underhanded ways, right? And it's what it's why people are so intent on prison reform. If you start thinking too much about the prison systems of the United States of America, we've gone from justice, from the punishment fits the crime, to, oh, you got caught with a bag of weed three times, and now you have to do life in prison, and you're a slave of the state. And you then the state uses you to make and produce all kinds of goods for the state, right? This stuff is complicated if you are willing to think about it in a biblical way and have your eyes open and not just assume that now right, yesterday bad, Mm -hmm. wrong. Me good, everyone else in history of humanity bad. Yeah, I mean, how arrogant. That must be a nice thing to think. Yeah, how arrogant, how arrogant. Mm -hmm. Things are just always more complicated. And if you... You teach people to buy into these nice, clean, black and white narratives and ways of thinking and looking at the world. And you teach people to stop thinking, Mm -hmm. to not be critical thinkers who care about actually being discerning and applying God's word to the world they live in and to themselves. And so at the end of the day, you have McCracken in this article ostensibly promoting that we become critical thinkers who aren't just carried around by the content we consume here it is just blatantly in his art in his article Mm -hmm. right okay there are always going to be ways where every one of us because this is just the air we breathe we make these kinds of mistakes but this is not one that i wanted to let get by no Mm -hmm. and i'm sure you could find some misuses of language in 
our podcast. We've we, we've only recorded four, 40 billion hours of content yeah. where there are many words there's sin. But it's of a piece with the kind of thing that McCracken does all the time, actually. Right, and with the kind of compromises the Gospel Coalition actively promotes. Yeah, what he's actually doing is saying, hey, left, hey, progressives, I get it, I'm cool. You can pass me by when you, you're taking us all to the camps. Which is never how it works. People always want to think that, and that's never how it works. You have to, so, so, I mean, this mentality is just, if I throw people to the right of me under the bus, then they'll make space for me. But eventually what happens is there's nobody between you and them, mm-hmm. right? So you either have to, you're next in line, or you have to keep moving left. Right. And that, and that, that's what you see happen with people like Russ Moore. Well, the French Revolution style mm-hmm. schadenfreude of it all is that eventually it ca- catches up with all the leftists. Exactly. Like, they all go <laughs> down. You can be Joe Rawling, fairly nice progressive woman, and she just doesn't want to go out on the transgender limb. She'll give them everything else, and she's canceled. Yeah. She, I call her Joe. She's my friend. Aw. <laughs> ever, since, ever since they tried to cancel her. <laughs> uh, I want to add a couple things here. Number one, just another example of where my thinking aligned where where i just found myself brainwashed and it was i really had to i really had to take the red pill and and realize oh i've been taking that blue pill for a long time somebody within the last few years told me hey you know cities are good in the bible and it had never occurred to me because i've watched blade runner and i've watched noir movies and i've watched batman and i've watched it's like (laughs) of course cities are bad and and kane was going to build a city in the bible and that was he wasn't supposed to, so I guess in some fuzzy babble, babble, yep. and, and babble is bad. But we're working towards the New Jerusalem. There's a, there's a pretty big good city city metaphor type thing right there. The Garden the, City of God, yeah, right. Like cities, yeah. and, and so I just had this framework that I had no idea. I mean, it's scary to think wh- what are the other ones? What are the ones that God hasn't revealed to me yet? Like it just it's just this place where. The cultural, the pop cultural, even meta narrative was just what I had soaked in and what I what well, went through my head. Well, look, man as invasive species is a phrase that came out of my mouth earlier. And the reason that that happened is because my daughter, who goes to a Christian school, came home and had to do a paper on or had to do an assignment on invasive species where she had to think of it an example of an invasive species. Mm-hmm. So her answer was people. And the idea that my, because of the way that she has been taught what invasive species are and the way that she, I started asking her questions about that, Mm -hmm. right? The things she started popping off and she had to watch this climate change video and stuff. It's like, yo, my Christian school that's trying to teach my kids about, I don't know, science and their place in the world should be teaching some semblance of man's dominion, man being made in the, what does it mean for man to be made in the image of God? I don't know. God made Adam king, and Adam is to the, the world what God is to Adam. I don't know. Maybe say that to some kids. I mean, to tie that back to this, if you're going to use the language of colonize, you're going to teach people don't take dominion. If you do, you're an oppressor. Exactly. Just as a rule. Yeah, well, you're oppressing nature, you're oppressing people. And right? McCracken's never going to say that. In fact, he would probably talk about taking dominion in positive terms. But he's caving in ways that undercut anything he might because I'm sure that he believes what you just said, basically. But. Yeah, but he doesn't understand the implications of what he's actually saying. Right, right. Yeah, he just hasn't. Well, the best spin we can put on it, the best, the most charitable spin is he just hasn't thought about it 
and that that's not that great of a spin because that just makes him <laughs> a culpable culpable for his naivete culpable for his naivete yeah so i keep thinking of uh, gk chesterton a little book by gk chesterton not one of his big money titles but it's called the blatchford controversies and chesterton's answering a dude named blatchford that wrote about why i think atheism was good when they were doing newspaper articles back and forth so somebody collected all of maybe chesterton i think chesterton was published in his lifetime they collected all of chesterton's articles fighting this blatchford guy and it's a really great little book of apologetics and one of the one of the points that blatchford made was christianity brought the inquisition and chesterton's argument back at him has always stuck with me which is what on earth did you expect you say that this is this is why something's bad but if you actually look at human beings when something good hits a it's way more invasive and B, it's way more disruptive. And C, it causes way more weird problems than something bad. It's only it's only for a really great ideal that people will torture each other to death, that people will en masse rise up. I mean, liberty, I think he talks about the French Revolution. Liberty, fraternity, equality. equality. Like, those were why France ran red with blood. And so he says, you look at humanity, you look at the depravity of man, you look at the way that we go, Obviously, one of the best arguments you could make for Jesus Christ being the Son of God is the Inquisition, because it's some, because only something that good could create a perversion so bad, so bad. Mm-hmm. We're not excusing the rape of the natives by Columbus's men. When you we, can actually look back and you can condemn all of the evils that were done, mm-hmm. name them, list them out, condemn them for what they were, make provision. To, protect, to guard against the, such things ever happening again mm-hmm. while acknowledging that the, the net good of Western civilization spreading to North America. Yeah, I mean, and I think it's, you can see that the of net Christendom good is- of Christianity mm-hmm. spreading to North America. We all sit here living in air conditioning and in heated homes and with crazy microphones and the internet and technology, all this stuff that we take for granted that we benefit from every day is because Columbus got on a ship and you can acknowledge the good of all of that, of the end result of that, while still condemning much of the evil that was perpetrated in the process. Mm -hmm. You can do both. It would not have been better for Columbus and everybody else to have stayed put in Europe. It would not have been better. It would not be better for India if Great Britain had not been an imperial superpower. It would not be better. It would not be. Mm-hmm. Period. Right. It would not be better for the world for Great Britain to have not been an imperial colonizing country, empire. Period. End of story. And there would be much more and more horrific forms of slavery to this day across the world. Like there were. There were like at there the were time. Before... They invasively said, nope, sorry, guys, can't do that. Before they invasively co-opted it, mm-hmm. regulated it, and then destroyed it. And then destroyed it at great cost to which, themselves. With great personal at, cost. At great personal cost, which was nothing if not invasive. The, I think the, And the, abusive in many respects. But this whole notion of invasive equals bad, there is no good that is not invasive. When you mold a child's character away from its natural character as a parent 
you are being invasive. You are going in and changing things so that they are not the things that they would naturally be. When what you disciplines about. Yeah. When you prune a plant, you are making it into, you are invading that plant and you are making it into a plant. That's more beautiful and more fruitful and that thrives. And when you prune a culture, when you change a culture, you are saying that thing must die and that thing must stay. And it is a messy work and sinners sin as they do this messy work, but it is necessary. The power all kinds of corrupt people find opportunities in the midst of the chaos that's being created to simply hurt people and take advantage of people for their own personal gain. Always going to happen. And you don't even make peace with the fact that that's happening. We're not arguing that either. No, but you do understand that you don't of, take uh, Stalin's approach of, or uh, you who gotta was it? Make a, yeah, Stalin said, uh, in order to make an omelet, you got to crack a few eggs. Mm-hmm. No, no, you refuse that. But you still acknowledge the fact that people are people. Well, and what I would say is we invented airplanes. They take us all over the place. They're really handy. People die in airplanes every year. You don't accept that. Lots were- of people died in testing airplanes to get to the place where air travel is relatively safe just like lots of people died in car crashes test driving cars but but the fact is because we have decided to wield the power of the natural world as god made it to make make people fly now people die and fall through the air and it's sad and and it's not that we accept that that's anything else but terrible but we do understand in some kind of just common sense way that it is the natural result of the good that comes with air travel in a fallen world where bad things happen. And so I think you do, without excusing sin, without not fighting against sin, you do have to understand when the Brits go into a culture, of course there are going to be bad people that do bad things. They should be stood against, but let's not be surprised by it. Let's not think, what's this? Bad people are doing bad things? Oh no. The baby must be thrown out with the bathwater. Yeah, what? what's this? Mm-hmm. The bathwater's dirty? No, yeah, get rid of the bathwater. Fine, great. Yeah. That's what you have to do. That's what being in charge and making decisions is, is getting getting rid of the next bathwater so you can bring in the next baby. Yep. Which is what a number of slave owners among the founding fathers were trying to do. Time. Yeah, and now we, the bathwater. from on high, from our, from our perch in the beautiful, wonderful 21st century, we would ju- judge them for not just burning the whole thing to the ground. Mm-hmm. And, and meanwhile, how many children do we murder a year as a society without thinking about it and pretending it's okay? An insane amount. How many children do we send to be mutilated mm-hmm. because we want to promote a, a sexual ideology that's contrary to nature and God's design? I mean, what hypocrisy? It's mind-numbing hypocrisy. It's just so insane. It's so insane. So your reading assignment is Blatchford Controversies by Chesterton. I would also recommend for anyone who wants to start to understand a little bit about the barbarism of the indigenous peoples, the Indians, read a thing by a North American pioneer woman who actually had the experience of being captured by the Sioux. Her name was Fanny Kelly. She wrote something called Narrative of My Captivity Among the Sioux Indians in 1871. And you can find it, I'm sure, Project Gutenberg. And like, I'm sure you can just read this, just Google it, and you can find it for free. And go ahead and read about the atrocities committed by Cortez and Columbus and anybody else you want. Yeah, but understand the barbarism. Just be done with the Pocahontas 
narrative of there was this these noble happy people and we came in and messed everything else it's just simply pure propaganda it's not true it's all lies it's all lies say what you will about us but look at the truth of who these savage savage people were and i should not be risking cancellation to say the word savage in relation to these people because they were they were barbaric it needed to stop the human sacrifice the sexual degradation yep the use and abuse and discarding of women and of children sexually it was horrific the horrific so you read you read this account and you'll read about her sister being scalped you'll read about all this stuff and Mm. it's just one place to start anything else to say about brett mccracken's utterly repugnant and morally indefensible sentence in the middle of this just fine article well the other thing i want to say is also go back and read the history of europe before the gospel came the name savage actually was first applied to the to to europe Mm -hmm. to white to white europe white savages and 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 justified Mm -hmm. barbarian is a name that applied to the white savages of europe before the gospel came and transformed yeah transformed europe there's so many places where we as christians take the rap for things that we explicitly cleaned up it is so demoralizing and it puts you it really just makes you feel like crap when you realize everyone's like oh the the english commonwealth under the christians had the rule of thumb you could beat your wife no we got rid of wife beating oh the puritans would duck women in water for being disrespectful to their husbands. No, the Puritans were some of the first people to say a husband can't just physically chastise his wife. They were the first people to just put that on the books. Yeah. Let's just make this one law, boys. It's just so absurd. Every place where you see regulations that are are meant to restrict savagery and abuse are places that are now trotted out today as being permissible, giving permission, right? We talked about this in Bible study the other, the other night. When you think of an eye for an eye and a tooth for a tooth, you have that stupid Gandhi saying or whatever, an eye for an eye and a tooth for a tooth and the no whole world goes blind. goes blind. No, an eye for an eye and a tooth for a tooth was meant to... This guy knocked out your tooth. You can't just take his head. Exactly. That's right. The, exactly right. Exactly right. You can't just take his head. It's meant to put a, a restriction or, to prevent ex- excess retribution and vengeance. Right. Right. It's supposed to make sure that the punishment fits the crime on both sides, mm-hmm. right? And so you look at things like that and it's like, oh, because God demands that the punishment fit the crime, we want to pin all of the abuses on God mm-hmm. and on Christians, on Christianity. It's almost one-to-one. It's just it's a repeatable formula anywhere in the Bible or in all of human history where Christianity came in and regulated something is a place where we now take the blame for it in the cultural conversation. Mm-hmm. I mean, yep. it's, it's almost just like, it's that simple. If you see that we're blamed for something, it's almost certain that you can go back, read the primary sources and realize, oh, we're the, we're the ones that came in and regulated that yep. and fixed it. Mm-hmm. So slavery is our fault. Well, Came in, regulated it, improved. But we're the oppressors. Yeah. And then, and then eventually abolished it. Patriarchal abuses of women are our fault. Oh, uh, actually, we're the first society that had any kind of respect for for protections women, for, for women for women yep. Yep. at all, and 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 we're so much the bad guys as Western civilization, Christianity influenced that whiteness itself is a sin. Mm-hmm. 
It's like a corrupt state of being. So yeah, it matters when Brett McCracken plays this narrative. It really, really matters. He's really, really done real harm for anyone who l- listened to that article. He's, he's reinforced all of this simply through choosing this word. You can't argue otherwise. I mean, maybe if he used the word in the opposite way, if he said, we need to colonize our minds with helpful thoughts. <laughs> as a positive metaphor? Yeah, if he used it as a positive. He, it, would, he would never get away with yeah, that. Yeah, if he defied the connotation somehow. Yeah, I think, you know. I think that's the proof that he's culpable is that he couldn't get away with just using the word in a positive way. He would be jumped on. Right. The word has a lot of weight in our culture. Well, I guess the, yeah. the question is, has that, is that word then dead? Can we simply just not use that word? Because... There's no way that we can use it and escape our cultural baggage. So I guess Jake, Nathan, and Ben, we just can't really use the word. The word has been rendered useless. It's, it's been piled up with all this garbage. Yeah, I mean, unless we want to just sort of say, actually, we need to go start, we need to colonize China, and we want to hold that line, then no, we can't. Yeah, unless we want to be aggressive in retaking the word. Exactly, that's, that's what I mean. But probably there's better, better places to use our time and capital than... Trying to retake the word colonize. Maybe. I don't know, listener. What do you think? You want to you try and colonize the word colonize with some good baggage? <laughs> <laughs> you know, land your boat on the word colonize and next, plant a flag. Next step, cancellation. Ah, <laughs> <laughs> uh, well, I don't think we can end the episode better than that. Brett McCracken, if you're listening to this episode, I would sincerely love to hear a rebuttal. Oh, man, yeah. Go for it. Yeah. Slide into my DMs, man. Or just do a public thing. That'd be even more fun. Okay. Thanks for listening, everybody. Sign of Sanity produced by me. Executive produced by Jake and me. Associated. Associated. Associated with? Associated with. (laughs) (laughs) With the tyranny and oppression. (laughs) An invasive species. (laughs) It is. Benjamin Sulzer. All right. Our associate. I don't know why I can't say that word. Our associate produced. Thanks for being here, Ben. You're welcome, Nathan. I like to be here. I like your shirt. Oh, thank you. It's a nice sort of maroon, brown, blue kind of Christmas gift shirt color. Yeah, well. And I like it too. Someone loves you. My wife. And proved it this Christmas. She proved it. All right, folks. Uh, Yeah, go to patreon.com forward slash sound of sanity. New episodes of Sanity Bites every week. This week, we talked about the death of Rush Limbaugh. Had a good conversation about that. So you want to hear us talk about the death of Rush Limbaugh and things associated with the terrible response that people had to that? Head over there, patreon.com forward slash sound of sanity for the price of a cup of coffee a month. You can really help our show out and help us continue to produce great content like this. And you'll feel less hyper. And you'll feel less hyper. You won't have as much coffee running through your veins. If you're a pregnant woman, you're only allowed one cup a day or something like that. You owe us that money <laughs> wow <laughs> all pregnant women please send your money to sound of sanity is that invasive of me <laughs> is that oppressive folks until next time stay sane stay sane